Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Content is back. We made it through the summer doldrums. There is so much news out of some of our favorite universes to discuss. Hot take, I'm actually more excited about the news that we got about episode 9 than I am about the Mandalorian. The news that we got or the... The information. The poster... trailer thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to call it a trailer. I mean, we got just about as new... As much new footage as you get for Dark your Ryan. average Game of Thrones or Westworld trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like, yeah. So, you know, we're dissecting it. But we got a couple huge bits. I mean, obviously. I'm more excited about the Episode 9 stuff. I feel like... I'm ready. I feel like the Mandalorian, you know, maybe it's just that I really don't understand what to expect from the Mandalorian. I think the Mandalorian could be really fun. I highly doubt that it's going to be must see must um must digest content in the way that like game of thrones or star wars or lord of the rings or even i mean this his dark materials yeah um show is gonna be right i um i i agree with that it's if you can make it if you can tie it into the same level that rogue one was tied into the universe but not have it come across like solo then i'll be happy right 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 exactly exactly and i think you you have a lot to play with i mean a little bit of it's going to depend on what happens in episode nine i imagine because people are talking about you know like death stars again and just like all sorts of all sorts of crazy stuff and Depends on maybe if we get. Is any... the Republic gonna have a Death Star? I don't. It's all. It's also weird. The other thing that I realized about Episode Nine is it's set much later, right? So seven and eight happen back to back, and then there's like a couple years before nine. Oh, is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they they seven and eight were like literally back to back. Finn was still passed out. I don't. Know, I. I I'm try I'm I'm doing my thing of trying to not invest too much thought into episode 9 so that it can hopefully be something that I haven't already thought through a million times over by the time we watch it. Then I will be the opposite. That's You fine. will be the opposite. Okay. I I am the opposite. This this Christmas. This Christmas. December 20th. This Christmas. All right. Wow. What about the Obi-Wan news? It wasn't really. It wasn't really news. The um, that Ewan McGregor is going to come back to reprise his role as Obi Wan. Right. I'm in. We got the. Of- I'm in. We it's got the been, official announcement. We got the official, but it seemed pretty clear that that was that that had support from everybody. The one thing that was talked about was George Lucas coming back to direct an Obi Wan movie, which. I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. 
Uh, one other passing piece of information that I wanted to just get your thoughts on. What, what do you think about this Breaking Bad universe expansion? Totally unexpected to me. Yeah. I don't know why I wasn't. I was more Aaron Paul and um, Westworld was where my mind was. And then it's like, and even when I first heard, heard that, I was like, yeah, no, he's Breaking Bad is coming back in Westworld. Yep. Cool. Got it. And then like finally I like saw the trailer and I was like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, this is wild. Netflix got the rights to that. This week on the pod, I dusted off some old code and found a few little advancements for a website working on our web presence, trying to revive some long dormant dreams. Made enough progress that it's worth sharing this week. So in the first half, I'll bounce some general ideas about web visualization off of Eric. In the second half, we'll look at an application near and dear to my heart all the hits at Target Field this year. So here we go. Hosted on GitHub, so you know it's got to be good. Fantasy-tools.github.io. Check it out. It's a landing page. Very much a landing page. But I realized that we went through all the trouble of putting our projections online. And then you had to navigate to just <laughs> a total work-in-progress version URL. Ugh, yeah, fantasy, gross. you know, tools.github.io slash project three. <laughs> like, oh, good. That's how you know it's not, it's, it's, it's not illicit materials. <laughs> so we have a landing page that will take you there and it'll dig you to this other project that we're going to talk about. But I just wanted to think about improving visualizations and our web page in general. Just kick around a couple things. Brief first half conversation here about our goal in having a web page. So All right. go. In. that's your prompt. What's our goal in having a web page? Really, we need to have a good place to be sharing all of our projects. As much as Twitter, um, the micro-blogging website Twitter is really helpful for some of this, <laughs> it's also not enough to encapsulate what we're actually doing, and we need to have a place to... Even for us, I mean, we've gotten to the point where we have over a hundred pods and that's like like over 250 separate little projects that we've done and like we suck at remembering where that is a lot of it is institutional knowledge and we just don't have the mental capacity for that so we need a website to actually help us <laughs> i was <laughs> even I was more than our listeners that. i know i think that we might just need to we we need a so i was thinking at a bare minimum we need a really rough template page that can just Hold our visualizations from every pod. Yeah. Yes. And then you can just, and then when we start talking about something, you can look at it. Ideally, it'll be easily navigable. I mean, I have, I have more pipe dream level stuff in terms of how we create our visualizations from mm -hmm. now, like in general, when, when we're publicizing a lot of these. Um, but even just, even just getting static images up there would be a huge coup for us yes having static static images up there would be really helpful i was looking at our just the you know the the most polished visuals that we've ever made were for the sloan 2018 paper and i was looking at mm -hmm. those and just sad because there were visualizations that we made that just sat on the cutting room floor because they didn't oh yeah the paper we made production visuals and i didn't have anywhere to dump those anywhere to put them they're just sitting in this like 
shunted off to the side folder on my computer now. And for anyone who uses Matplotlib, you understand the amount of effort that has to go into taking something from um, the 20% to something finalized. Because you can very quickly in Matplotlib create a visualization that helps you uh, uh, the the person writing the code to say okay that that works that doesn't work blah, blah 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 but to then create the visualization that explains what you're doing to someone else whole lot of lines of code of nothing I know I mean my my goal in general in making all these has always been to make it not exceedingly obvious that the visualization was rendered in Matplotlib. <laughs> I know. Isn't that number one? That's yeah. always number one. I mean, it's like I, I imagine it's like working in Excel in business and being like, I don't want it to be obvious that I just threw this into Excel and let it plot things. That is exactly that is exactly what I was going to say next is in, in 2010 at my job, we were starting to use R and we're using it for some visualizations. And that was exactly what my boss said. He's like... You know, the people that were the stakeholders that we're making this for, they're gonna see this and they're gonna be like, "Huh, that's not made in Excel. That's <laughs> interesting," and they're gonna actually look at it and look at it more, even though it was like a basic um, uh, graph in R, but, but it, it was clearly not done in Excel. But I and I feel like at this point, Python is so ubiquitous that everyone knows what the default Matplotlib plot style looks like. Mm-hmm. And yep. you got to get away from that. Even if people are still like, they look at it for a second and they're like, okay, I know that this was rendered in Matplotlib. The fact that you like took enough time to think about it takes you somewhere. I mean, isn't that why? Isn't that why places like Five Thirty Eight develop such a idiomatic plot style? Yes, exactly. Because they and it's made in Matplotlib, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's no way that it's not. Um, yeah, that's, we need to do the same thing. But I hate a lot of those. Not 538s, but a lot of the ones that are on, online are just so clunky, it's not even funny. No, I, I think that's that's absolutely right. And I think finding our finding our voice in a plotting style, we've we've done a we've done a pretty good job, and I think that most of our visualizations are pretty uh easy to read, except for the part where we don't let people see them. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I mean, we are a little bit, we are not exactly there on a lot of those visualizations. So, but we need to, yeah, we keep on talking about it and we have, haven't found a vehicle for it. So, well, I think, I think the, the, the reality of the situation is that it takes pods like this one that we're having right now, where I didn't get a lot of baseball analysis done this week. There is so much planning that has to be done to facilitate the work. It's like the old, um, the old adage about the lumberjack who's told to cut down as many trees as possible. He cuts down as many trees as possible in the first day. Just keeps going, just keeps going, keeps going. And then finally, you know, the office in Chicago is like, why the heck is this guy? He's not cutting down many trees each day. Someone goes out, talks to him. They're like, um, you know, you were doing 50 the first day. Now you're doing four trees a day. What the heck is going on? He's like, I'm doing, I'm spending all day, every day on this. And they're like, wait, so have, when do you do things like eat, sleep, sharpen your axe, et cetera? And he's like, well, I don't. 
And then you're like, okay, well, you know, you need to add that into the workflow. Yeah. Sharpening your axe will then increase your productivity. And, you know, we haven't we haven't really thought about that in the pod. <laughs> we just pull ahead. I basically spent my my pod time this week sharpening the axe. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that's all I did. I mean, I like we'll switch to the second half because we may as well. Let's do it. We're big Star Wars fans, and actually, we're big fans of all the Star Wars. The prequel movies moved ahead the movie industry so much. Well, Lucasfilm and Industrial Lights and Magic were always doing that. Did that as well. Yeah, it, Episode 2 is the first movie recorded fully digitally. <laughs> Look, you're, pre- you're preaching to the choir on this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, uh, um, some of our listeners are, are going to be against us. But. Well, they can, they can tweet at us. That's fine. We don't. Yeah, sure. We are happy to get into Twitter wars about how the prequels weren't that bad. This is everything that happened at Target Field, and if you go to our webpage, you can find this on just the click the big button that says test test visualizations, and you'll get there. And it's a real thing. What happened to all the hits that were around home plate? Oh, all the hits. Well, okay. I have, I have, I have to come clean on some of these things. This is so much work in progress that it's frozen at a very clear work in progress point. All of the hits here that you see have exit velocities greater than forty-five miles an hour. Okay. So the things okay. that are at were at home plate are gone. I mean, forty-five is pretty low. Um, not. The majority of the hits are above 45, and part of the reason that I did that is because I color coded all of the all of the hits by their exit velocity, and I wanted mm-hmm. to give some a good dynamic range in this because the vast majority of the balls are hit between 70 and 110 miles an hour, and so in order to actually show any color differential, I um, I trimmed it on that. Okay. For instance, if you if you mouse over the ones that look like they're in foul territory, they are in foul territory. They're pop-outs. Because if you look at the launch mm-hmm. angle of the one that's on the Y, that's on the X-axis at 122, it's Nelson Cruz versus unnamed pitcher. <laughs> he launched it at 89 degrees, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> that is a pop-out. That ball went straight up. <laughs> That's great. And it got caught by the catcher. So you can see like all of these ones in foul territory. Oh, right. So it's not going to get any fouls, but it is going to get any outs That's right. recorded. Yep. Because it's because yep. what this is, is this is the thing that we talked about two weeks ago, which is the position that a player first touches the ball or the where the home runs land. Right. Right. You, you stripped it down from there. I find it annoying that they don't also track the foul balls. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. But that's fine. Whatever. There's some interesting, I mean, there's plenty of interesting stuff here. You can see, just based on the color coding, you can see when hits fall for singles and doubles in the outfield because some of the softer hit things go for singles because they fall in the outfield. Some of the, and then the harder hit things tend to be outs in the, you know, to where the outfielders are. And then you get, and then you start to get the shade where they go over the outfielder's head. And then you get the home runs that are just like, way out there including i'm pretty sure the miguel sano from the 23rd of 
July, which is way out in left center field, is the longest one hit at target field this year. Right by my sign. Oh, that Jonathan scope. It did. He did go right by your sign. I mean, that's what I was so excited about for making this in the first place, right? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I think we, is... we actually had that conversation offline. So, okay, but I, I actually buried the lead here, which is that the innovation okay. is that you can you have just the XY plot that you've probably seen us make before, but if you hover over it with your mouse, it will tell you all of the other categories. It'll tell you ideally who the batter and the pitcher was, the date, it'll tell you the launch angle, and then it'll tell you the outcome. So this is the type of thing that I actually want, really want to be working on for visualizations in general because this gives us an angle to get to higher dimensionality data. Mm -hmm. So when we do all of those, when we've done any scatter plot in the past and you ask me, well, who's that at that point? Who's that? Who's that? Who's it's that? really hard. Yeah. Well, now... And then you have to query out. Yeah. You know? Now, we don't have to do that. Ideally, if I can template this up such that we can just stuff a CSV in, which is a point that we're really close to because this renders from a CSV. Oh, really? If I just make it, if you just make a template that will read the CSV, plot the XY, and print the player on top of it, that's my dream, basically. Because then we can just generate tons of these that we hadn't been able to in the past. Probably need to have the XY coordinates so that we can ground ourselves. Well, okay. I actually, this is where the geographer comes in, buddy. If we could find a JSON of the outline of the Twins Stadium, we could render well, it. that as well. But when you're saying, like, down the, down the left field line, you know, halfway or whatever, yeah. and I'm interpreting that one way you're interpreting <laughs> another and then but if we have x y a relative relative positionality has kept surveyors alive surveying pres, um professional life for years so i get it hey but. just give me all we need i okay <laughs> i did google around a bunch today because i was like how are people putting these fields on figures anyway somebody must have made a yeah. json of target field Nothing. I, well, I can't find it, but I, you know, I'm not on geographer haunts, so I don't know. I don't know if that's geographer haunt, but I okay. So that's that's put squarely on my lap. All right. No, I mean we'll see I, if I could make that's it. An interesting. It's problem. not that hard. You only need you only need the vertex points that are interesting in yep. target field. It's not that many. There aren't that many vertices. <laughs> there's not that much that's interesting in target. Yeah, field. exactly. It's, there's, it's true. <laughs> there's like not that much that. Yeah, it would not be hard to do. It would be cool to have. Be cool to have the the lines and where the seats start. That's like mm -hmm. that's all we need. Okay, we can get that. We can do that. That would be so much fun. And then, I mean, I have a million dreams for this plot in particular. <laughs> so of course the capability. I mean, look. Let me just bounce these things off you, and you can tell me where they should rank in my hierarchy of of needs here. Needs, yeah. Mass love. One thing that might be nice is that interactively you can slider bar to be like okay only show me guys that had 200 pas or only show me guys that had 300 pas and then it'll redraw the plot because that's that's why i was testing when i made the exit velocity 45 miles per hour because <laughs> i was trying to see if i could make a slider bar mm -hmm. where you could say okay only show me the only show me the hits that are faster than 50 miles an hour obviously okay. i failed it's not made yeah, it's so, not it's not there, but it, that's the next. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, is that the next thing? What would be the next, what's the next most useful feature for us to be able to plot to get something useful out of generic scatter plot X? I don't know. I mean, a slider, it, I mean, that is, that would be really useful to help us query results fast. That's probably, that probably is it. Yeah. All right. We need, we need a slider bar so that we can pick on some other, some other axis in this or some other vector in the data. Okay. So here's sort of, here's what I'm thinking my challenge is for the week. Well, it'd be nice to actually think about some baseball, although there's so much baseball in here because you can, you can look at all these, you know, all these great names of people like Byron Buxton facing Mike Leake. Like, oh, nice. What a, what a target field day that must have been. Max, uh-huh. Max Kepler versus Brad Keller on the 14th of June. I mean, you can do, you can look at all these things. I just like so much what are data. the unnamed ones? Uh, where it's just versus blank. Yeah. I didn't record the picture. Uh, okay. Then you started recording it later. Well, no, it's, this is all StatCast data and StatCast only reports the batter's name and the pitcher's number. Oh, the so internal stack the dic- so, so your dictionary it doesn't have the bingo. pitcher. Okay. Bingo. So it only has the pitchers that batted. <laughs> I know. I know. So I was like, oh, well. Tough in, for an a, it's to start with an AL park is a great idea then. Well, come on, man. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was either like, it was either like, oh, should I spend another hour pulling down the correct CSV, or should I like try to actually get something to show this week? <laughs> don't you, don't you hate that when you're like, okay, this is what I need to do to do it right, and that is a long, long road. Uh-huh. Here's what I'm going to do that's going to be wrong, and I don't have to redo all of this, but it's going to get me to the final, to something that I can show a lot faster, and Bingo. then I don't have to redo it. Bingo. So anyway, my goal is to get you a templated version of an interactive plot that you can just plug in a CSV. I'll tell you what the columns have to be, you know, like just give me X, Y, Z, and then whatever annotation you want in a CSV. And we'll just see if we can just make a web page that renders that. I'm in. Where it'll yeah. be, it'll so- be X, Y, Z is color, you know, X, Y positions, shading with Z for color, and then whatever annotation you want when you mouse over it. So we can really easily do 4D data now. That's awesome. With interactivity. Where do I have to post it? I just send it to you? No, you, you can push it to the GitHub. I will, I'll make the template, and then you can take the template and just add your CSV. It'll be really obvious. You should ideally, right. you should only have to change... Ideally, you should only have to change one line, but I think you'll have to change three. <laughs> I'll point okay. you at them. <laughs> but I think I think we can do that. I think your scatter plot of the week. I like it. All right, that about brings us to the review session. Kevin Pilar. Kevin Pilar pulled up the Blue Jays. Like, okay, let's watch a Kevin Pilar game. Oh yeah, he's on the Giants. Oh, now. he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> did the same thing too. I was like, nope. No, 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 no. He is in a giant uniform. Doesn't look quite as good in a giant uniform, quite frankly. Great question. Important question of the last week. What game did you watch? Because did you watch a Players Weekend game? Or did... I watched one of the ones before that. Oh, good. Because the Players Weekend was... (laughs) 
was the Giants in black and the Athletics in white. There was a lot of that. I didn't understand. But it. the thing and that I, I like, got... the thing that I like about Kevin Pillar is that you know they also had nicknames, right, on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. Thing you like about Kevin Pillar, his nickname, KP. Feels like that's the type of thing I would have done. <laughs> Be like nice and simple. Guys, I don't have a nickname. Just freaking put MP on the back of my jersey. Like I'm. I'm I done. know what's my nickname. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I approve. We'll of say that. that it does remind me of the probably our one of our earliest quotes, which is like it's like, so are you Michael or Mike or something else? MP, something else? And you're like, Yeah, just kinda Mike. Okay. I'll call you Michael Peterson. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, go for it. That's what we're doing. Okay. And no, I, I four think years that's... later. <laughs> I think that's right. Um so I, I watched the I watched the Sunday game, which was nice because it had a second inning Kevin Pillar head first slide into home, but that was the only exciting thing that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched the um <laughs> I watched the Thursday I think it's the Thursday game. Thursday game. Um <laughs> Real Barn Burner of a game. Zero one. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. My favorite type of game to watch. Uh all right. Kevin Pillar. Now on the San Francisco Giants, of course, 131 games. He's on pace for that. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, we went on pace numbers He's here. He's on pace. 162 games. Man after my own heart. Wow, that, that happens every year with Kevin Pillar. 614 at-bats, which would be uh, which would be pretty good. All right, 88 runs. Then 23 home runs, all, all on pace numbers, of course. 90 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, 261 average. This is a consummate role player. This is, this is a role player. And what's wild is that 162, 88, 23, and 90, those numbers would be far and away uh personal records for him oh yeah um let's see so he's 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 had seasons where he put in a a decent number of pas i mean he's 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 basically breaking about 500 yeah he's breaking 500 um what what's anomalous i mean his average is about the same he's basically got the same number of stolen bases which is actually pretty surprising for a 30 year old his power is bouncing all over the place but you're right his runs and RBIs, this would just be a titanic leap forward for him. He's been, yeah, it, it's a it's a big leap forward, but all it is is like is just opportunity. He's what was he what was he batting? At, where was he in the batting order? He was early in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, wasn't he two? Wow, this was not. I I, I must have totally misremembered this. He was. He was sixth. No way. He's batting sixth in Toronto. And f- no, in well, no, in um. Oh no! In San Francisco, I knew he was batting sixth. I knew they're batting him so far down the order now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, he he's being fifth and sixth like every day. That actually surprises me. I was thinking that he he was going to be just opportunity numbers. That he was um. That he was going to be much lower in the order. Uh, for other games, uh, I think it's just that the Blue Jays have not been good. Had not been good, so he was just up there, and they were. It was like, 
it was that's part of the thing that like held them back was they kept on thinking that he was going to take that he tantalized with that next turn i because he did it for like weeks at a time he could be like i'm really close if i keep this up i am a above average player in my bat at the bag and in, in my the field, head, I'm way above average. He is. He is. He is a good fielder. He looked good. In He's my a very head, good though, fielder. every year that it comes time to put together draft things, I'm like, Kevin Pillar, man, I think he's, I think this is going to be his year. And then this you look, could be it. Then you look at this his numbers, and you're it. like, man, that's even worse than I was thinking he was. It's very average. Man, um, those are just not exciting numbers. Okay. But hey, I mean, in TGFBI, if you have him, that's that's great. He's good for a 14 team league. He's um, Oh, replacement yeah. level if all of your outfielders are are injured i wouldn't mind adding him if you're on a playoff run and lost one of your outfielders or have aaron judge and can't depend on him <laughs> i mean yeah bizarro to have have these numbers coming out of pilar but you know you gotta strike while the iron's hot with him all right so who are we doing this week Catel Marte. Aha! Really? Does he have outfield eligibility right now? Uh, he, I didn't realize that he does because I was looking at the. I was here's how I selected. I wanted to make sure that we actually hit people that are interesting in Fangraphs outfielder rankings, <laughs> <laughs> and he's up there. He's played 81 games in the outfield this year. That's wild, Marte. Yeah, I, I know. didn't realize. I know. That tells you a lot about the um, Arizona outfield. They just like, just send him back there, whatever. Wow. You surprised me. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy tools. Mind the Z. Thank you. Mild manner for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah!